Hello, my friends. Welcome to Living Fearless Devotional on this Saturday evening, September 3rd. September 3rd. <laughs> How are you, Hedia? I am fantastic. Oh, Thank I forgot. You, I don't need the frame, Hedia. Yes. There we Look go. Look at that. It is uh, resurrectministry.com, our website where you can find all of our content, not only this broadcast, but also Andy's Living Fear, Fear, Fearless Man podcast, nice. my articles on the Christian Post, some wonderful Bible resources. If you have never entered a church or are hesitant to go back for whatever reason, I hope you can meet uh, Jesus where you are, and he will come and meet you where you are. And I hope these resources will be a benefit to you. Check them out. And you can drop us a line, uh, send us your comments, prayer requests, whatever it may be, however we could help you in your walk with Jesus. And if you want to partner with us, uh, we'd be grateful for a donation of any amount. Yes. Look who's joining us, Gafan234. Hi, Gafan. It's awesome. Happy Labor Day weekend. Long time no talk. Yes. Thanks Glad for joining Glad to have us. you back. This is a good one. We're going to yes. talk a lot about. At some point, awesome. I'm going I'm to pull out this new thing. Did you see this? Yeah. These new talking point christian cards is that the uh kids ones you got or something else no kids ones didn't you get some little teaching stuff for kids how to talk about jesus with your kids yeah that's something else oh. this is for us this is for adults oh <laughs> oh boy uh, yeah all right let's get to the devotional what do you say Hedia? i think it's a good idea andy <laughs> you said my name four yeah, times since we started <laughs> it's gonna be a theme all right, September 3rd, as I said, uh, the title is, or the reference is Song of Songs 1-7. Yume, whom I love. Oh. Charles Spurgeon, in this uh, devotional called Morning by Morning, says, It is good to be able to say of the Lord Jesus without any ifs, ands, or buts. You, whom I love. Many people can only say they hope they love him or they trust they love him. But only those with a poor, shallow experience of Jesus would be content to stay there. No one should allow his spirit to rest until he is quite sure about a matter of such vital importance. We should never be satisfied with a superficial hope that Jesus loves us or with unfounded trust that we love him. The saints of old did not generally speak with with ifs, buts, hopes, and trusts. Mm -hmm. They spoke with certainty and directness. For example, Paul said, I know whom I believe. I have believed, believed, sorry. I know whom I have believed. And Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives. Thus, make certain of your love for Jesus and refuse to be satisfied until you can speak of your relationship with him as a reality. This will be made sure by having received the witness of the Holy Spirit and his seal upon your soul by faith. For true love for Christ is in every case the work of the Spirit and must be created in the heart by him. He is the effective cause of our love for Christ, but the logical reason for our love lies in Jesus himself. Why do we love Jesus? Because he first loved us. Why do we love Jesus? Because he gave himself for us. We have life through his death and peace through his blood. Amen. Though he was rich, yet for our sakes, he became poor. Why do we love Jesus? Because of the wonder of his person. We are filled with a sense of his beauty, admiration of his power, and awareness of his infinite perfection. His greatness, goodness, and loveliness, all in one brilliant ray. 
enchant our soul until it becomes so overjaded, overjoyed, it exclaims, he is altogether lovely. It is a blessed love that binds the heart with chains softer than silk, but is a love that is constant and unshakable. Amen. Amen. Wow. That is awesome. Um, you're going to have to go first on this one. Okay. Let me hear what you have to say. What do you think of this devotional? Okay. I think Hedia? one of the, the most significant uh, sentences to me is he is, so oh, the Holy Spirit, let me start back a little farther. Uh, you are sure to have received Christ when you know that the witness of the Holy Spirit has a seal upon your soul for true love of Christ in every case is the work of the spirit and is created in the heart by him. The logical reason why we love Christ is because of all the things he did, but the effective cause of our love in our heart is planted by the Holy Spirit. Mm. So, it's almost like saying the beginnings about the but, buts, ifs, ands. I think I love him. I don't, I'm not quite sure is because we have not received the, the seal of the Holy Spirit on us because it's nothing we do. He plants that love in our hearts and we feel it. We know it. It's that certainty that he promises. And that's what we all should be striving for. And I think we should read the other part of Jim because he says from that obedience, from that love, stems obedience. Mm. So I always tell people the difference, and Gafan is on too, the difference between Islam and, and uh, being a follower of Christ. It's not just being a Christian, it's being a follower of Christ, is we do, we are in obedience because we love him. And because of that love that the Holy Spirit planted, it's not out of this fear and trepidation that we don't know what's going to happen to us. We have the surety of salvation. We know we have eternal life. We know we are going to heaven. But we walk on the earth as believers because we love him. Mm -hmm. And we want to be positive representations of him. Wow. I, you know, I think I'm going to read Jim first, but I, I have some stuff that came to me as you were talking. It kind of okay. came in um, some really important aspects of, of um, this devotional. I think okay. it's important. Uh, first, I want to say hello to Marcos. Hi, Marcos. Nice to see you, buddy. All right. Uh, oops, did it. Uh, Jim says, another proof of my love for Jesus is my obedience to him. In his upper room discourse, Jesus said all of the following regarding obedience. These are direct quotes, folks. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. If you love me, you will obey what I command. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching." My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my father's commands and remain in his love. As Jesus said these words, as Jesus said, these words belong to the father. Thus, his teaching on the importance of obedience was nothing new, for, for we see it throughout the Old Testament as well. Yet, remember, obedience always comes with God's blessing attached to it. For example, God said, Obey me, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Walk in all the ways I command you, and that it may go well with you. So can I make one more comment yeah, of course. for you? is that I want to make just another comparison to Islam that 
they say we love Jesus because in Islam they teach about Jesus as a prophet. And they say, oh, you know, whenever you say, you know, Jesus, they say, well, yeah, of course, we, we love Jesus too. And this whole, that scripture that all, that mostly came from First John um, and a couple from Ephesians is, is basically saying that you cannot say you love Jesus without obeying him because you don't really have love of Christ unless you obey him. And all these things about his obedience is obeying what he said. So there is no love of Jesus without obeying his commands. And his, and his commands were most of all, follow me, mm -hmm. pick up your cross and carry uh, and follow me. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Be good to your neighbor. Have um, salvation, the free gift of salvation by accepting me as your Lord and Savior. So do you understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. So this notion that um, Jesus was this great prophet and this false doctrine is impossible without accepting it. The obedience to his commands. No, it's not. So that's all I wanted. That's awesome. And what'd you get? Uh, I was doing some research uh, what, some time back about why men uh, sometimes struggle in the faith. Um, and one of it is dealing with this, this uh, issue of love. Mm. That men struggle with love. Um, especially love for another man. Mm, and... And the talk of love, I love you, and oh, I love you, oh, I love you. It, it becomes a little bit difficult for manly men. And um, just as you were talking, I, I was reminded of that. And then I, it took me right back to both the military, although I was not in the military. I, 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 I was a police officer, which is a quasi-military organization. Paramilitary. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I know they're the same because I've heard uh, like... Um, the, the retired general who sometimes speaks of Boykin um, has, has, has said this also in the book, uh, man, men to man or man to man. Um, the generals or the leaders of, of men now in a boot camp or in the police Academy, you don't think that they love you. As a matter of mm -hmm. fact, you think they hate you. <laughs> but once you've gone through that experience, once you get out into battle or get on the road as a police officer, with certain supervision, supervisors, um, I had some supervisors, I loved those men and I would do anything for them. Because they were protectors? Because they, because they were good Guardians. leaders and they cared and they wanted to do the right thing and they kind wanted like the life and, and they, yes, and they, and when we were in trouble, they supported us. Right. And when we needed them, they would be there for us. Uh, and then we would go out in, into the battle while they commanded and you would think, you know, why? You know, some people that don't understand, like why a man sits in a, you know, a command post safe out of danger and sends men and women uh, into danger. And some people like, go, well, why would you let that man tell you what to do? Like there, some people have problems with this, mm. but you would not do it unless you love the job, respected the man who's in leadership position right. and doing and doing it out of the love of this uh, this brotherhood that right. you built over a period of time. And so I, when, I, when you're talking, I was thinking, wow, I mean, this is really something that I really need to develop because it's important for men to understand that this love for Jesus Christ, God, the Holy Spirit, having them in your life is, is the most manly thing you can do. Follow him. Yes. Because he's going to send, he's sending us off in the battle. Yes. And, um, and to fight for our families and fight for what is right and fight for, you know, the, your, um, you know, the rest of the congregation. 
being out there. You cannot do any of it without love. And I think men that struggle with it just don't quite understand. You know, they're thinking of a, a, a squishy love. Mm. This is no squishy love. I, I, I remember long ago, I told the other men when I was teaching at this one particular event, and I said, being a Christian is not for soft men. It's, <laughs> especially now that we know what's happening. Uh, and, and you mean Christian meaning a follower of Christ. Follower of Christ. Just, yes. Yeah, you're right. Not just in name only. Yes. <laughs> and now we come into our message today with uh, with Pastor Chris Ward over at uh, Friends Church, your Belinda Friends Church. Yes. I, where is this? Where has this been? Where has this message been out of your Belinda Friends Church? He called out. I, I, in some ways, I think he called out the church. I mean, the church being the people. <laughs> Like, no, that we've had enough of, of not doing what's right, not being in the word and doing what this, what this living book, this, this yep. manual that God has given us, that we don't do what it says. And he just sat, he stood there as I've always wanted him to stand there. Anybody in that church to stand there. And he did it today. He delivered. If you have a chance to listen to uh, the, the message tomorrow morning, there's going to be two services at your Blender Friends Church. Um, you got to listen to Chris Ward. And um, I love that guy. I've always loved him. And I've always thought he's yes, a great, great teacher. Great. But today, I th- it almost was like, okay, I've had enough of this. And listen, I know that some people really love the movie, you know, bring the movies to church and let's and connect them to the Bible. But I, I know that there were a lot of people that didn't really care for it. Yes. And I, and I'm, and I'm not saying this was what Krista did. I'm not, I'm not saying anything that I, I don't know anything, but a little bit of me felt like, okay, we got, we got through the movie thing. Now let's get back. Now let's get to business. Yes. Let's, let's get back to what it is that God has called us to do. And that is to share his message, be bold about sharing that message and share all of it. Not just the, the happy, Preach not happy parts. The word. Yes. Sorry. Don't give sermons on uh, happy topics. Don't give sermons that just sugarcoat what the Bible is. Preach the word. Comes from Second Timothy four, one through two. Wow. Sorry, I had it went on a little. No, I no got, problem. I got a little excited there. Uh, <laughs> that so uh, Timothy Second Timothy four two is preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And he just called out all those pastors. He's like, they are basically charlatans. They're charismatic, great orators, draw a crowd. And he's like, but they're not preaching the word. He's like, they pepper it with words from the Bible, but they're not preaching the word Mm. and it's context. And what Jesus called us to, they just preach the stuff that they think people itching ears want to hear right and what do you say we don't need any more psychology was it yeah he's like i he <laughs> we we have a psychology mixed in our churches we have business mixed in our churches and he's like i have nothing against those subjects i actually am a business major my wife's a psychologist he's like but that's not in the that's not the does not belong on sunday service mm. Where else would the Christians learn about the word if Sunday is not about teaching and equipping in the word? Yeah. Wow. So good. Yeah, he was great. Gafan's got a number of questions. I, I see that. He's, uh, he's hitting us with some questions. What's your opinion on uh, PureFlix? It's funny because a friend of ours, we never bought a prescription, a subscription, but today she offered to lend us hers. So we're actually excited. Oh my gosh, she just burned. Oh, we didn't say her name. No. Okay. 
Not that we're going to use it because that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> but I haven't wanted to watch a couple things. On yeah, that. we'll let you know, Gafon. Yes. But thank you for letting us know. There are some titles and some uh, some trailers that I've seen of some stuff. I go, hey, that looks like they've done a really good job of putting yes. some some good shows together. But I've, we've not had a chance to watch it yet. Uh, Tandy, opinion on Cali politics? Is it against? Absolutely, it's against cops. Uh, we, we are so lucky we live here in Orange County. Where we live, they love the cops. Um, but surrounding us, they've, uh, they've essentially are doing all they can to destroy law enforcement. Um, and, and not all through just defunding. I know that people love to bring this up, but L.A. is actually defunding. Um, they uh, reduced their homicide um, detail. It's a multi-pronged down. approach. Uh, but by, by demonizing law enforcement officer, you are equally... Um, hurting law enforcement, if not more so than defunding me, because it really isn't about money. Like you, a cops can still do the work without funding. You know, they, absolutely. It, and it, so the other prong yeah. of that is not enforcing the law. Yes. Meaning. So it's just like two parents, right? If one parent is doing the exact opposite of the other parent <laughs> and the child comes and says, can I get ice cream? And the parents like, no, yeah. it's bedtime. And the other parents like, of course you can go get it. Yeah. So that's purposely undermining the authority of that first parent. So by not enforce the DA not enforcing the laws, they're basically saying, "Don't worry about that guy." Yeah, why would we do that? Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna put some handcuffs on you. You don't worry about it. It's it's not gonna make any difference in your life. So why would the police officer go put handcuffs? Yep, and then taking away immunity uh, when it comes to arrests and when something bad happens because bad things happen in law enforcement. Well, who what cop is gonna go out and risk their uh, their, their their family? In, in the sense that they won't, uh, they'll be sued, they'll be put in jail, um, they'll lose everything that they own because somebody didn't like how somebody got arrested. Um, it's, uh, it's so they're not going to go out there and do the job. They're going to do as minimum of the job as possible to keep from being sued, which means then they're not going to enforce the laws and they're not going to chase after people and try to catch them. And then you, you just go on from there. So, um, and, and, and biblically speaking, that, that God is not uh, called for any of this. I mean, nobody could code the Bible and show us where it says, let's let crime run rampant because we don't want to put people in jail. Absolutely not. It's just the opposite. Um, and so, yeah, so just biblically, it doesn't make any sense. So, um, so yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, food shortages incoming, are, are they coming? Agree or disagree, Hedia? Absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's just numbers. So when we still have a supply chain problem, we have inflation and then we have, the uh, the shortage of power, the shortage of fertilizer, mm-hmm. turning to wind, all these things that hurt the farmers, then eventually, as that becomes more scarce, it becomes more expensive. So yes, very rich people will still be able to eat probably, but more of the people will become unable to eat and we become like third world countries. Just just go to Africa to see whether there's food shortage. Go to Iran, a loaf of bread's like $15. So it's anytime a government becomes dictatorial and starts to give handouts to the people they like and to do certain things, like instead of subsidizing our farming industry and preventing the Chinese from buying up farmland, we're paying off student debt. Yeah. You know, and then we have this complete moron go on TV saying that that America is represented in Martha's Vineyard. And I was just like, I don't know if any of you have heard of Martha's Vineyard, but it's literally like where the 1% of America goes to vacation. Yeah. Uh, they're just tone deaf. So 0.5%. Yeah. So. I mean, like literally tone deaf <laughs> right. to the rest of the country. And then all you have to do is look at the news here in California on Wednesday, I think it was, and then on Saturday, on, on Friday. 
So on Wednesday, they say, you know, uh, you know, a law was just passed to end the sale of gas powered vehicles. On Friday, it said nobody charge your electric vehicles because we don't have enough uh, energy. The, the grid is going to fail if you charge up your electric vehicles. Uh, and they don't even they don't even care. The same people. Yeah, they don't even care. This is uh, yeah, crazy. Uh, we'll get uh, Gafan has one more here. What is your rebuttal if a Muslim says that Islam gave women's women's rights? It's a typical talking points uh, of Islam. And I, I'll point to one thing, uh, putting even the veil aside, the, the law of polygamy. And I know the rebuttal is you can only have them if you could treat them all equally and nobody treats them equally. But just the fact that, and, and a country's uh, disavowing of that law does not make the law obsolete. So when Islamic law and in the Quran, polygamy is permitted, you're basically um, undermining the entire foundation of the family. And so that woman is forever subject to that law and is at a disadvantage. And it's not just, and I don't mean this in a feminist way, because the obedience of a woman to her husband is the same in, in following Christ. It's the same in Christianity. It's the same in the Bible. It's the covenant relationship. It is the one man, one woman that builds the structure of a society. And with Islam allowing for, it completely undermines that foundation. And by virtue of that undermines the, the role of women. Wow, that's really good. Well, thank you. I have to transcribe that so I can use that as an argument the next time. <laughs> oh, okay. Somebody <laughs> asks. <laughs> I'll pretend that I know what I'm talking about. Marcos. Uh, Marcos says, why are low income bad areas against the police? Every citizen death is non-compliance running and fighting every single one. Yeah. Interesting. Well, lower income areas, um, and this is this is sounds like a political statement, but the, the facts are is they're run by Democrats. And uh, if you look at LA, you look at Seattle, you look at Portland, you look at uh, Chicago. Yeah, not entirely low income. No, those are, but the areas where you see the most crime uh, in, are is a very, uh, focused in in the poor areas of those big cities oh. so you have rich areas like in anaheim you have anaheim hills which is like two three million dollar homes and then you have downtown anaheim which is uh, uh you know less 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 expensive houses <laughs> i didn't know where to go with that um but that's where the crime is 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 uh, is mostly in those areas but you have people that are democratic uh minded where they think police are bad and then they they try to get money to create these, um, uh, you know, whatever it is they can do to uh, say help the underprivileged people. And you never see that money go to anything that helps the underprivileged people. It, it's this weird thing that the Democrats are all about getting money from the government and yet do nothing with it. Well, Same thing in Chicago. It, it, I keeps mean, it, them, it keeps them in bondage because yeah. it's that plantation mentality where stay and I'll feed you right. at the bare minimum. I'll feed you uh, and make you rely on handouts instead of wanting to advance. Because if you advance, you may not accept them as your master mm -hmm. anymore. And then so then so that in the end, what you end up seeing is a high crime uh, rate. Then police have to come in and enforce the law. And unfortunately, and now that's the reason I told you about Anaheim Hills and downtown Anaheim is that you I, when uh, I was working as a police officer in Anaheim, I, we'd make one or two arrests a month in Anaheim Hills. In downtown Anaheim, where I worked a lot, especially with my police dog, we were arresting 
10 to 15 people a, a night. And so that's because the crime is intensified in these areas where you have lower income, less um, uh, plans to help with what's going on in these areas. And again, more money goes into these areas, but you don't see any improvement. Right. And it's this really odd thing. So then what happens is they, well, the cops are racist. Well, we, we don't, we can't help what the description of the person is that committed the crime, right? A, a brown male wearing blue jeans and a white t-shirt was quite often the description of the crime of the, of the criminal that we were supposed to be searching for in the downtown area. In the West uh, end of Anaheim, it was a male black wearing, you know, a, a blue, t- blue jeans and a white t-shirt. That's the description that we were given of the person that carjacked. And so suddenly the police are racist because those are the people we were chasing down, but they're happening in these areas. Again, Anaheim Hills, we didn't have hardly any money going into the into the community for anything because there was a higher income area and people just took care of things. But you put a bunch of people in another area where, where the, the all the money go, the millions of dollars that was put into programs in those areas. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And you just it's a, it's a very odd thing. So I don't know if I answered your question, but um, lower income areas are just. Um, a victim of the politics and the politicians that are in those areas and nothing ever changes. Baltimore, uh, just one last thing, Baltimore, the schools in Baltimore have get the most money out of almost any school in the United States, period. And they are the worst schools in the United States, period. It's uh, very bizarre. Uh, we'll get to a couple of these others. <laughs> I don't even need to go to my talking points. I was going to the talking points in case we didn't get any questions. Um, but, uh, apostate prophet. I have not watched him, but I have one point about this mm. because the I don't use the terminology ex-Muslim. I say a former Muslim, and for one reason is that I don't want it to sound derogatory in the sense that like this is my faith in Christ is not based on the fact that I hate Islam. So I, I never want people. I don't want that to come across. I just found truth and I left falsehood. So it's not it's not because I want uh, my entire family's Muslim. So I have no reason to insult and bash and demean Islam. I just found the truth in Christ. And I believe anybody can find the truth in Christ uh, because he is the truth. And the thing that worries me about people, if I, I'm not sure that this person is, is the case, but I don't um, support atheism where people believe that there's no God. I think there is a miraculous evidence of God everywhere. So. I think it's important to um, hold on to the foundation of there being one true God. You just have to meet him. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I was in the 700 Club. They did my testimony. And yes, the video says I audibly heard, uh, which I did, I audibly heard the voice of Christ. Did you or do you meet Muslims and try to convert them? Uh, yeah, every, every chance I get. <laughs> See, but you have to understand why. I believe that uh, what the Bible says, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one will come to the Father except through him. And believe unto him, and you will have eternal life. God gave his only son for us to have salvation. And I want everybody I love, everybody I meet to be with me in heaven. I want them to have eternal life. So it is a burden on my heart to share the gospel with everybody I possibly can, because I love them. Not because I hate Islam, but because I love them and I want them to be saved and set free. There was a man that came into Chili's today that uh, was obviously of the Muslim faith, right? Yes. Um, 
Was it, those weren't his four wives, was it? Or was it a wife and three? Who knows? <laughs> he was One was looked like a daughter, but two daughter. were of age. So mm -hmm. it could have been. So do you think, because I, I noticed that he was staring at you, which is not that unusual, but he was staring at you in a way that like he was staring at you like, with, with a little bit of an anger. Like, do you think? Do you he could have. Yeah. He could have guessed based on my ethnicity that I must have been something Middle Eastern. Mm -hmm. I was wondering why you didn't have a head cover on. Or why, yeah. I mean, he could tell from my cross that I was a Christian. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He had, a, he had an interesting, did you notice that, that, that kind of look? Oh, yeah. Because it, it, it wasn't a look of an admiration. It was a look no. of like, yeah. <laughs> it was death-defying. I told him, I said, I told him, Andy, I was like, I wish I could have gone by and said, Assalamu alaikum, and then he would have slit my throat. But uh, <laughs> again, I wanted to save him too. I want to save everyone. Wow. Everyone that God will give me the ability to touch their lives. Absolutely. Hmm. I wish. Um, do Muslims do Muslims question why you converted? Absolutely, all the time. Because I was a very prominent Muslim, not, not to brag, but I, I achieved a lot as a Muslim. And so people ask me all the time. What happened? What happened? No, they just ask you, what happened? Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. And then thoughts on polygamy. I gave you my thoughts on polygamy. That was my whole answer to uh, do women have rights in Islam? Uh, polygamy is the... Is is the worst the worst part of islam i think is uh not only not knowing the real god but also the false i mean the undermining of the family and of women of society it undermines all of society hmm. wow i mean i can't even imagine it's hard enough having one wife that's what most people say, but what they, but the, the, the thing that happens is that it's usually because they get tired or, I mean, you, you understand this because you were in a tense relationship with mm -hmm. your ex-wife, right? So yeah. it's that frustration of saying, okay, well, I can't leave this person. So what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. Well, and Islam gives you an out and says, we'll just add one. Don't divorce the first one, just add one. And then take a break from the one that you're. Just see her less. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, basically, don't get any ideas. <laughs> no, but if we go back to the devotional and this, uh, everything that, you know, God, the, the devotional is talking about love and how God loves us. And, and we have to have that same amount of love in order to, to feel the love and to have his um, hand of protection over us, to, to hear his teachings more effectively with yes. love. Is that, that, that really is... Again, and I know I say this a lot, and I'm sorry for those of you who watch all the time, is that the transition from the 20 years of, of living as a religious Christian person to being a man walking with God is that fully understanding what that means. In the previous, it was love of myself. Which and, Jesus is an accessory. And Jesus is an accessory and made me feel good about myself and made it look, appear as though I was a better person than I actually was. Right. You have all that. It, it, none of that has to do with love. And so how is it possible in a marriage that you can maintain a level of love that keeps the marriage healthy? It's impossible. You're spending so much time not in love and pretending that it just it's it, there's no doubt it's it was the reason that the marriage was doomed doomed <laughs> and then we have our relationship which was built off from both of our our relationship with god yes and, and an immense amount of love for not only god but our church and our pastor 
that we met and in our love group yes. and would never have worked in the other way. Never. Not, not because of me and, and maybe not as much for you, but for sure not with me. Right. And so it, that's what makes this devotional so great is that it just really shines a light on how important that is because what relation can survive without a level of love? Um, it, it, it just can't. Yes. Friendships, um, the, the church as a whole, we, we learned the other day that there's, there's just one, one church. Yes. There's not a bunch of churches. There's a bunch of buildings, but there's, there's, there's one, one church. And we have to, as that message was about love, as angry as uh, Shadrach was. About <laughs> about everybody around him, but do you see what I'm saying? Does yeah, that does that all course. make sense? Um, it's just uh, it's it's a it's mandatory. Um, just one really quick thing about I, I I'm pretty sure we brought this up the other day, but I've, I've been talking about it lately a lot, and that is uh, Pastor Jack at, at Buds the the event where he hosts just men at the church, two to three thousand men show up. He he talked about that um, you know one thing that he and Lisa do, his wife, that is in the morning when they get up. Uh, they they pick a uh, a chapter of the Bible and they alternate reading the verses and I brought that home to Hedia and we've been doing it all week long and um, I just really I, I recommend that those of you that are married or those of you that maybe have somebody a friend that you can do it with that you wake up to that that each morning Amen. Um, especially if you're married make sure you go to the Song of Songs and you read that <laughs> amazing things happen when. Uh, <laughs> Okay, next question. Kapan's got a lot we got to run through. All right. And I got to go pick up my kids, so I may have to leave you. Can Christians do yoga? No, it's idol worship. So it's not it's not advised by any of the conservative scholars in, in Christianity to do yoga because it's like, worship of a foreign god. Again, I feel like Gafan is following us around because we've had these <laughs> a lot of these conversations of these questions that you're bringing up right can christians celebrate halloween who super controversial oh yes technically no because again that's worshiping of demons but um do we yes yes our kids, our kids love candy love to, yeah they love candy and dressing <laughs> up clothes so we are really we, negligent in that department but most christians will tell you you're not supposed to yeah, but I think there is, I mean, we don't get all into decorating the house with evilness. Uh, we don't do any of that stuff. So I think that's part of the celebration that I think that we don't obviously glorify don't. demons. We just go out and steal candy from a bunch of the neighbors. That's, steal? Well, you know what I mean. We take, get. take. Get, we're given, we're giving, <laughs> giving candy. We, yeah, we accept the candy from the neighbors. Uh, do Christians think the underworld is going to start in Jerusalem? Absolutely, absolutely. Book of Revelation, I suggest yes. you read it. It's awesome. You think about the... Hadith of the last days and uh, the way it's described in um, that it's going to be in Damascus from the um, from the tower in Damascus. No, no, no. It's coming from Jerusalem. And you'll see a lot of similarities in the stories, Gafan. So I really encourage you to read the book of Revelation. Going through these fast. Are you Lutheran? No, we are non-denominational followers of Christ. Yes. You're going to get carpal tunnel syndrome from all the No, cooking. I'm good. I'll get you. Prayers for my son Samuel getting married next Saturday. Woo! Oh, congratulations. nice. Congratulations. That's that, awesome. That is fantastic. May be filled uh, with love, with yeah. love and peace and God's grace. Absolutely. Uh, good evening to Jan. She's saying hi and great questions from Gafan tonight. Yes. Thank you, Jan. Uh, thoughts on the Missouri preacher getting angry at his con congregation for not donating him to a Mavada watch. See, that's the problem. <laughs> Gavan, you know this in Islam too. You know this from imams. This this hoarding of wealth for personal gain is disgusting. 
Uh, it's not uh, a pastor can be rich. There's nothing against wealth, but misappropriating money that is meant for the church mm -hmm. and to do things to build the body of the church and to do outreach and volunteer services should not be used to accessorize uh, a, mm -hmm. a pastor. Uh, again, if the pastor is wealthy, a lot of ministers became wealthy from writing books and doing speaking engagements and things like that. More power to them. If they have wealth, they should enjoy it, but it shouldn't be on the backs of uh, the congregation and their tithing. Or you have a pastor like uh, Chan, what's his first name? Uh, Francis Chan, Francis Chan Wales, who uh, wrote a book that made millions of dollars and he didn't take a dime. He's still, uh, one of the videos, you, you can find him. He's riding a bicycle to his old church back in up in San Francisco when he had earned millions of dollars on one of the books, one of his most popular books. Right. Didn't take a dime, gave it away. Yeah, he's a, he's a really something else. amazing person. And, and I just got to go back to Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills with Jack Hibbs. He lives in the same house. For lives in the same years. house. Uh, and um, he's been given a whole bunch of money. If he doesn't know that it's coming from God, he gives it back or he just puts it in a shredder if it's a check. Yes. Uh, not the money, but the check. <laughs> um, and he's told stories of, of and they're refused supported it. by other people that know that that's what he's done. If he doesn't he refused know. money from the government too. Yeah. Oh yeah. The payroll protection. He didn't take any of that money either. Yep. For sure. Do you believe a lot of the pastors are in it for money? I believe a lot of bad people are in good things for money. So it's yep. not just pastors. Yep. Uh, do you believe that Christians can pray with a cross? Yes, absolutely. Meaning wearing a cross. We pray with wearing a cross yep. all the time. Pastor shirt. Lynn is performing the ceremony. Oh, who's Pastor Lynn? Do you know Pastor Lynn? Yes, oh, uh, our uh, Bruce? Bruce. Bruce. Bruce Lynn is. Oh my God, <laughs> that is so sweet. Did you reach out to him because Bruce Lynn was our pastor? Did our minister, minister or whatever yeah. we call? Did you reach out to him after we told you that, or is that just a coincidence? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, Bruce. Yes. Did you know he married us, Marcos? Uh, so funny, isn't it? Yeah. We did it underneath the uh, the oak tree, the old oak tree up there in the top. All right, last one, Gafon. <laughs> I like answering his questions. Uh, I know, but I gotta go. Schnoes. Okay, you could go. I'll stay. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow, this will be good. All right, I love you. Give me a kiss. All right, um, I would just want to see this last question. What is it? Can Christians mix their beliefs with others? I heard people mixing paganism with Christianity. That's the problem. That's why we don't do yoga. See you guys. We're not supposed to mix. Um, the following of Christ with anything. The foundation of following Christ is the Bible. It's the word of God. We believe it's the authentic, living, breathing, infallible word of God. So you can't mix that with anything. You know him well, and you didn't know we were married. Uh, Pastor uh, Bruce Lynn, minister, however you want to describe him, um, is a dear friend of Andy's. They were in the Anaheim Police Department. He is the one who first told Andy, uh, who witnessed to him and said that, did you know that Jesus loves you? So they have a long history together. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for saying bye to Andy. He has to go pick up his kids. <laughs> Is there anything else people want to ask? Uh, we could sign off. I hope you are encouraged. Oh, okay. Someone, another question. <laughs> what would you say to someone who is LGBTQ and wants to be a Christian? Uh, I actually get asked this quite a bit. Uh, my um, my daughter struggles with same-sex attraction, and I tell her, as I tell anybody, uh, the Bible strictly uh, prohibits homosexuality. It is absolutely abundantly clear. 
but it also prohibits drunkenness, stealing, lying, adultery, fornication, drug use, intoxicants. So all of those are sins. And we discourage anybody from practicing any of those sins and struggling for some against some of those sins are extremely difficult. So same-sex attraction is a sin that a person who struggles with it has to fight it. And they have to maybe for the rest of their lives fight that attraction, as I mentioned, the other ones, whether it's struggling with sobriety or gambling or any of the numerable sins that the flesh is subject to. Uh, we stand on the word of God. We never compromise the truth, but we still love the sinner. We hate the sin and love the sinner. And we pray and we love on them, hoping that they realize and they're touched by God that there is a better way and that God has a plan and a purpose. And he created us male and female to be in a covenant relationship with his love and his grace. So uh, we never give up on that promise. And Gafan's going to go and look forward to seeing you again. And thank you, friends. Thank you to everybody that stuck with us and who joined us. We look forward to seeing you on the next broadcast, hopefully tomorrow. Uh, God bless and have a wonderful evening. Oh, and as you see the Edify app uh, advertising, we are part of the Edify Christian Podcast Network. If you haven't seen it, please check it out. Subscribe to our podcast, The Living Fearless Devotional, and it'd be a truly a blessing to us. God bless you all. And Marcos, congratulations on your son's wedding. Uh, may it be truly blessed. Good night.